Today we'll be talking about AI, machine learning, a platform that was created, quantum AI, its impact to the world, as well as the best parts of Atlanta. But first, welcome to AI Nerd, AI with Attitude, where I try to make things as unnerdy as possible. Enjoy learning today about the latest trending technology. But before we begin, please subscribe, hit the notifications button, give it a like, and drop a comment below. Welcome to AI Nerd, AI with Attitude. Today, I'm going to give a bit of attitude to Bhagavan Kamadi. He's joined me. He has built an AI platform, and he's super nerdy. Bhagavan, how are you doing today? Oh, the mute button. Get you up. Hi, right. Tom. I'm doing fine. <laughs> nice to see you again. How about, uh, how about you? I'm doing well. Thank you. you know, no one ever asked me that. They always just get right into it. Um, thank you for joining, by the way. Uh, we, we are, uh, we believe we both, both met on the Forbes Tech Council and you have created uh, a very cool AI ML platform yourself uh, that you want to talk about today. Uh, but again, I, you know, I always ask, you know, tell me about you, you know, your background and, and a little bit about your journey. So, uh... Like, like you are in Natan, you're in Georgia, right? Similarly, I, am, uh, I did my master's in Georgia Institute of Technology. Before that, I did my bachelor's in aerospace from IIT Chennai. So my story starts off in AI back in Georgia Institute of Technology where I did my master's. So at that time, uh, simulation was very popular. Right? And also automation, air, airline automation, right? Was very popular, like Airbus, you remember the Airbus and uh, the new automation which came in for United Airlines and Delta Airlines. So at that time, they wanted to try new scenarios. Right? Most of the pilots uh, took their job because they liked the whole idea of uh, having control over the flight. Right? So once the automation came in, the pilots thought they lost their whole, uh, what you call it, uh, fun of, fun of uh, flying a flight, right? So the, the idea was all the airlines got together and wanted to create some test scenarios for pilot in terms of automation scenarios. How, how, will, how will the pilot react first time automation comes in? And therefore, more of simulation. So I almost built an airline an airline simulator behind right, is, is the scenario engine, which pushes the scenario for the pilots to take the tests. And it stores the information or displays it's almost like air traffic control sitting behind you have a simulator you have a, you have a pilot sitting in and then he's reacting to the scenario right so behind you have uh, almost like air, tra air traffic controller uh, people who are monitoring his actions right? so you can visualize pretty much like a graph right a tree and the, like the flight is right is ascending then we'll go to cruise control then descending right? pilot is expected to do a set of actions using the automation so behind people will be seeing what is the expected action versus what, what is the performed action and see how the pilot is reacting. What are the scenarios which really create problem for pilot and when automation comes in, right? So that, that was whole project and it's almost like involved um, AI simulator, right? Knowledge base, right? Historical data, right? And also a little bit of automation, right? And, and also in terms of uh, scenario analysis, decision making, so that, that was the initial start. And my background was uh, statistical statistics at the time, industrial systems engineering. And uh, if uh, what we call like machine learning now, right? Most of the 
what we call uh, machine learning algorithms in the old days we used to call it as statistical analysis so it's a pleasant coincidence that all the coursework i have done i never thought it will actually be in, in real yeah. life what we call machine learning algorithm that's, that's the uh, that's thing right yeah, well, that's that's the I interrupt you, but that's funny because it's like you know, I have little kids, right? So, <laughs> and they're always like, "When am I going to use this again in my life?" And I'm like, "Right now with their math." I'm like, "Well, every time you go to the grocery store." Uh, <laughs> but this math, and if you could, maybe what was the time range of this when you were you were working on this type of technology? Like, what, what years? So what? this was uh, back in '94, '95. So at that time, uh, what you call algorithms and uh, statistical analysis for the background for industrial systems. So most of the industries were focusing on quality, right? So they wanted to have statistical courses. So after finishing my master's, I started working in I2 technologies. And in I2, uh, it, I2 was very popular for supply chain plan, planning algorithm, like currently Oracle, right? So initially I2 managed logistics and a couple of other companies went into supply chain planning algorithms. So at that time, I was working on I was working on AI heuristics like simulated annealing, right? Supply chain planning, backward planning, and we're actually working with various customers in high tech, retail, right? and a couple of other uh, sectors, and uh, implementing these algorithms for planning, and factory planning, scheduling, and uh, we used to use genetic algorithms, neural networks. So that after that, I came back to India for personal reasons and uh, started uh, working in India and uh, work, work with various customers in retail, working on allocation algorithms, right? And applying AI algorithms like clustering, classification, supervised learning, unsupervised learning, right? and uh, primarily focusing on planning and predicting and forecasting, right? So that, that was my journey. And then again, um, I got married and I went to US back in around 2004-2005. At that time, they had different flavors of machine learning, right? And in, in, in more in planning and, and then slowly uh, AI started picking up where search algorithms were there, right? And uh, if you look at uh, search initially, uh, was play, plain, uh, plain string, string-based search or uh, what you call directory-based search, then slowly Google came in and started creating page ranking algorithms. So search algorithms will become really popular. And how do you go about implementing search? How do you search for content? How do you um, search for unstructured data? So that that's that was my initial focus. And, and of course, then AI, machine learning, and algorithms started coming in. And I started working with the various customers in AI and machine learning. And uh, I ended up uh, creating a no-code AI ML platform, right? which is just my, my own personal product. On a slightly different topic uh, on quantum computing, I released a latest book this year, which focused on quantum AI. Right? Wait, so, quantum AI? Quantum AI. How do you use the quantum algorithms? Right? Like uh, the simplest uh, trick I gave, many, many people get uh, surprised when I say quantum AI, is that you have supervised learning or classification or clustering so add quantum uh, quantum as the prefix, right? you'll get the quantum algorithm. So most of the algorithms like like gener generative adversarial network add quantum, like QGAN. So that's a quantum algorithm. Similarly, neural network, quantum neural network. So I, I ended up writing a, writing a book and it got released. And um, that, 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 was, that is really popular and rated very high on Amazon. 
I'm trying to work the uh, the old the old mute button there. We've had two mute fails in one meeting. It is an official meeting as of right now. A meeting's not a meeting unless you have a technical challenge. We both have muted ourselves twice. <laughs> um, I just want you to know that I've uh, I'm, I've decided for sure that I've absolutely dropped the average IQ of this meeting down after hearing all that. Um, I'm sorry to have done that to you. You're uh, you're so stoic yet very so smart. Um, tell me about this platform though that you've created. So I you know I feel like you've uh, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of claim. There's a lot of uh, promise for what an AI can do or a machine learning platform. And, 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 and not always that promise is delivered. So maybe talk about why you created it and what you're hoping to solve or why it's maybe better than a competitor's or more niched or, or, or how, what have you. But talk to me about what you've created and why and, and how it's going to be applied in the world. Right. So let me start off with the Gartner quote, right? And, uh, the initial Gartner data predicted that AI-enabled tools will generate around $2.9 trillion in business value right, by 2022. Right? So there's a huge potential for AI tools, right? not just AI algorithms. So, and as you know, no-code platforms have been there without coding and technology skills. It helps out for various use cases, which, we, which, uh, which can be applied for AI algorithms in daily life. Right? And, um, so one of the use cases to develop applications easily and deploy them. But if you look at the AI applications, most of them are like recommendation engines, right? classification algorithms, clustering algorithms, supervised learning algorithms, unsupervised learning algorithms, decision making, right? And also if you look at uh, where the no-code platforms have been popular, like in autonomous driving, robotics, medicine, healthcare, aerial photography, right? and all, all of these uh, uh, no-code platforms provide drag and drop features, right? You can create a workflow design, right? You can have uh, what you call webhooks, right? Triggers to connect to, like integration capabilities, the workflow automation, and also machine learning algorithms. So one of the needs was to, if you, if you pick a machine algorithm, most of the time you have to create a model and also you have to search for the data to train that particular model, test that model, evaluate that model, and use that for predicting. Right? It can be used for image analysis, text analysis, and statistical analysis. So then I started working on the no-code AML platform, which has features like drag and drop, data source connectivity, social media analysis, content analysis. And I found a good technology stack like Python and Streamlit, right, which helps in image analysis. and. You can have the analytical data in the no-code platform imported, validated, cleansed, trained, and tested, tested, right? And the new scenarios which come in due to unseen data, that model is defined for predictive analytics. So let's say there's no, no, no platform, right? Then you have to pretty much do the training part and testing part, gathering the data for testing and training. The good feature of no-code AML platform, you don't have to Worry, worry about uh, getting the training data, testing the model, evaluate the model. The model is already loaded, preloaded, right? You can take the content, let's say you want to do the image analysis, you can import the image and then analyze for that specific data and then fine tune the specific parameters, pick the algorithm, right, and execute it. Similarly, on the NLP basis, in NLP analysis, as you know, NLP is very popular right, in, in terms of analyzing the text for uh, sentiment analysis, right? And um, especially uh, in terms of uh, uh, what you call uh, predictive analytics, 
unstructured, most of the data is unstructured. If you have text and you have images, so you need to apply NLP, NLU, and also computer vision sometimes. It's CV algorithms, object detection, image and image, uh, uh, what do you call uh, OCR and ICR, right? And also annotation tools. Right? Those are also very popular in the AML platform where you can pretty much annotate a part of the, what you call image or content and say that, right, this is the area which you need to focus on. So I started building the AML platform. And of course, the huge benefits which, which can be derived where you can have, because most of the time getting good developers or AI developers is very tough, right? Because companies lack the technical talent. And this platform can help improve internal operations, reduce costs. It makes complex tasks a lot easier. You can develop application without prior knowledge of programming languages. And also you can detect the errors in the data and automatically rectify them, which results in time-saving and accurate models. So some of the use cases for this platform, like analyzing text messages, categorizing pictures, checking onboarding documents for like, for example, airlines, social listening, insurance claims, identification, quality inspection, like tracking social sentiments. And some of the key features which I've started more for community edition are like data visualization, data analysis, machine learning algorithms, image analysis, NLP MU, drawing API and grids for tables. The next level features are more for enterprise edition, but right? it's having, let's say having multi-tenant SaaS, right? have deploying it on the cloud and have, have all these features available for enterprises on a subscription model or, or, uh, or a licensing model right? based on based on interest, based on amount of data or the size of the data to be analyzed or type of the content which needs to be analyzed. So uh, that's, that's where this product uh, roadmap is, taking it from the community edition to more of an enterprise edition on the cloud, right? more of a multi-tenant sense. What the, is, is it just you or do you have a team right now? So I started off uh, as an individual and started working on adding uh, more features. If, and uh, have you gotten traction with any clients as of right now? I mean, like, who's, do you have the, the logo list going or is it, or is it still type in the uh, early stages of so, prototype or beyond? Yeah, it's essential in stages, prototyping, validation, right, attracting uh, what you call uh, developers and also evangelizing AI and evangelizing the product concept of no-code AML platforms. Have you thought about making it an open source platform and, and then- Yeah, so like the community yeah. edition will be open source. The enterprise yeah. edition will have the more advanced features and that that will be more of a proprietary and on a commercial basis. And in, in uh, now are you doing this full-time? Do you, do you work for another company or have something else that you work on besides this? Yeah, I started off this more like a pet project, right? And started uh, working on site and then uh, started developing the no-code AML platform and turned out to be a product. Very cool. And uh, what would be the next step for your company then? Is it is it funding? Is it just community? Like what would be the call to action, so, so to speak, for it? So as you know, that open source, attract, open source attracts a lot of AI developers. So want to evolve this product to more of a community edition and more on a participative nature where developers can add in more features, add in, put in more uh, what you call feature requests and enhance the community edition. Have you, uh, have you gone back to Georgia Tech yet and said, hey, we, we, we'd like to have some yeah, super smart to chance it. to. Yeah, I had a chance to go back to Georgia Tech uh, last time I visited Atlanta. Right? I was on a, what you call, business visit and I met the academia and uh, students around, it looks the same. 
right? Same old structure, nothing has pretty much, nothing has changed. The campus or around the, around the city, nothing has changed. What was your, what was your favorite part about Atlanta? Favorite part of Atlanta? Yeah. The favorite part of Atlanta, you, you, you don't know whether you're familiar with Coke Museum? With uh, which museum? The Coke Museum, yeah. yeah. Coke Museum, yeah. Especially that part where you can taste around 26 or 20 by different flavors across the world. Oh, and you, they will give you a single glass and start going and then take, taking different flavors and tasting how cooked it is, like in US and New Zealand and Australia. It was a it was really, really fun part. And uh, the first time I went there, it, 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 I really uh, was amazed how the Coke Museum Award. The first bottle, if you remember, the, I don't mm -hmm. know if you have seen. The first Coke bottle, it's still, still there. It goes to manufacturing, how the formula evolved. So I had a chance, again, recently when I went there, I had a chance to go to Coke Museum and try out the same 26 flavors, the 27 flavors. It's crazy, like there's hundreds up there. It's unbelievable. I mean, you have like 9,000 grams of sugar in like 14 yeah, minutes. They keep, <laughs> they, keep, they keep adding uh, new, new flavors also these days. I keep looking for like the, the insulin section. So you go up there and they, you can just sit down and they put some insulin in you and you can get right back into it. You can get... <laughs> you can. The other, other part is CNN. I don't know whether you had a chance to go through the CNN, CNN tour, right? I've not done the CNN things. tour yet. I've, we've, been, we've only lived in Atlanta seven years. So uh, you know, there, there's probably an AI algorithm out there that says, hey, you probably should have done that by now. But we have not done the CNN tour yet. The CNN tour is really fun. I can do that. The, what you call webcam analysis, image analysis, what we are talking about. Right? They, have, they have webcams looking at the White House, webcams looking at the New York Harbor or Chicago Harbor. And you have people sitting and analyzing right, what's happening on the, from the images or from the video. That's amazing. I, I, I think that might be a thing to do for sure. My actually favorite thing are the, is the aquarium. Uh, I love the, the giant whale sharks and all the what they've built there right across the street from Coke. So. Anybody who's watching this, all I always say, all 24 people that will watch this video, please go check out those things in Atlanta. So, hey, I don't know whether you've been to we've been to Denver. Right? I like the Denver Aquarium. I've not been to Denver. Uh, I've only thrown so what, what what they do differently from Atlanta, Florida, or uh, San Diego is that they have they have a restaurant, like they show in the movies. They have a restaurant. The restaurant is within the aquarium, and you can see the sharks. Oh, that's cool. Moving around. And you have your dining table and you can have your dinner. That would be relaxing too. I'd like that. It'd be nice. Um, so let, let, let's uh, get, give me the future thought. I always like to end with a future thought of where do you think, not specifically your technology, um, and I assume somebody wants to come see it, they can, you know, I'll drop a link to your website or your uh, how to get a hold of you in this so that people can come get a demo, go download it, whatever. They, that you know whatever you'd like them to do but give me a thought of of you know give me five years out i mean do, do you think quantum ai is the thing do you think ai has progressed a little bit but not much commercially what, what's your what's your future thought on this topic right uh, the future is more in the quantum ai right? if you look at uh, how uh, what you call it, especially in the cyber security another area where uh, the post-quantum cryptography is becoming very important. And also the quantum simulator, right? That's another area which is becoming very, very popular. How do you go about simulating a portfolio of, uh, uh, let's say, 100 stocks for next five years? Right? 
So these are two or three use cases which are very uh, becoming very popular. And also, as you know, NLP, NLU have the same uh, quantum flavor like quantum NLP and quantum NLU, right? And um, what you call quantum algorithms applied for cryptography. So these are these are the next level uh, what you call uh, features or next generation AI which will be very popular. In the current scenarios, if you look at BERT or OpenAI, I don't know whether you're whether you're following OpenAI and BERT. Um, actually, uh, my company Instarel.ai has access to the OpenAI beta codex. Yeah, I, cool I was stuff. evaluating. I was evaluating OpenAI codex and OpenAI. So it's the next generation AI, right? You give give a set of examples, and they get trained, and then you can go to ask the next next question. It pretty much creates natural cancers and reports and so I, I think that's a, that's the next level, immediate uh, next level AI but the future I what I believe is, is in more on quantum AI especially in the cyber security Do you, I, I, I'm not I like I like the concepts of quantum uh, computing I, I don't know what the reality is of how long a qubit can be held <laughs> and, and how long that state can be held right now yeah, um, it looks, looks like probably a good follow-up. I'd love to hear your take on it because you seem to know more about it yeah, than I do. But like, like the quantum supremacy, we almost thought Google had it, but uh, they questioned the quantum supremacy with seventy-two bits or uh, eighty bits. Now again, they're going back and right uh, questioning what we call uh, re rethinking about what is quantum supremacy. So it's more of wait and watch, and hopefully by next year, either Google or IBM will solve the puzzle, and one of them will be the supreme. In quantum computing and they will have a quantum computer where like we have a cloud right where we will have quantum cloud and we'll be able to deploy algorithms and develop apps on quantum cloud who knows i think uh it has the potential to be so powerful especially with encryption that that by the time you know it's available for commercial use it's been around for 20 years being used for let's say potentially nefarious reasons <laughs> um because I, it, because it's so powerful what it'll be able to crack and do um if it's if it's not been done already because of you know just the compute power i mean you can model a universe in seconds right so it's like it's insane what the power could be from that uh i love i asked one question one time on linkedin that said to find quantum computing and some one guy wrote back yes no maybe <laughs> Like, what a great way to, to describe. So, so, yeah, so zero, zero, yeah, zero, one, and being being in the state of zero and one, right, in uh, simultaneously. That's zero, that's one, and everything in between. <laughs> I was like, that's Pro, yes, pro no probably human brain. Probably human brain is more of a, a quantum, uh, what a quantum uh, brain or quantum cognition. It's, it's very possible. The, the downside is we have a, only a linear way to really communicate that verbally. So, so um, you know, thank you so much for the time. Uh, I, I really do appreciate you coming on and, and explaining it. I, I think uh, I, I think very highly of anybody who, who can, first of all, build an AI ML platform and, and all the technology you've done. And as an AI nerd that's not quite as nerdy as you, I appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing with me. Yeah, same, same here, Thomas. And thanks for inviting me on the ANR. It was great talking to you and also knowing about ANR and the company you're building. And I, I think what you're doing is the next generation. Uh -huh. Well, that's very kind. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Take care. Thanks, Thomas. I hope you enjoyed the video today. Thank you for listening, watching. Please subscribe, turn on notifications, hit that like button, and drop me a comment below. AI Nerd. AI with attitude.